Praise God. I'm just going to uh, just going to ask a question. How many people have negative thoughts? Every single hand in this building should be raised, amen, because we all have negative thoughts, okay? We all have negative thoughts from time to time, so therefore every single hand should be raised. The question that often comes to mind is, how can I stop having negative thoughts? We all pray to God, we all, you know, praise Him and pray to God, and we have needs and desires and wishes and so forth, but these negative thoughts just seem to keep cropping up. The question is, how can I overcome these negative thoughts? And if you are a child of God, believe me, you do have negative thoughts from time to time. It does not necessarily mean that you're not a child of God, but these thoughts just keep popping into mind. And they become annoying, to be honest with you. To me, anyway, they become annoying. How do we control them? Chronic negative thinking, depression, anxiety, and similar disorders are on the rise in this country, in this world for that matter, even among Christians. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, who keeps track of these things, believe it or not, approximately 40 million adults in the United States are affected, which is nearly about 20% of the population of the United States. Of that number, there are, there are many that are professing Christians. Okay, of that 40 million number, many of them are professing Christians, children of God. Fear seems to be a root cause of many of these problems. It's no wonder people are fearful in a world where nothing around us seems reliable. You know, who do you rely on today? You know, I mean, besides God, who is there to rely on? It can be quite disturbing for a person to feel that almost everything in life is ultimately out of his or her control. Sometimes when you got things going on in your life, you get so frustrated, you say, well, Jesus is totally out of my control. And that goes from the weather to your bank account balance and everything else, many other things. All the things people rely on for their security in life will sooner or later fail them. That's what we wind up worrying about many times. But the Christian who confesses the sovereignty of an almighty God who works all things for his good has the antidote to negative thinking. So today we're going to talk about negative thinking. How do I control negative thinking? How do I stop negative thinking? Because all of us as children of God, we have negative thoughts from time to time. And I don't care how long you've been in the Lord, and I don't care how professed you are and how much you do this and that, you know. We're all subject to negative thoughts because we all are surrounded by the same demonic voices that are out there. So let's go to Romans chapter 8. Always have to rely on the word of God. Okay, the Christian who confesses the sovereignty of an almighty God who works all things for his good or her good has the antidote to negative thinking. So Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, praise the living God. You know, the thing about it is that when we're praying and hoping for something and while we know that God is in charge, while you're sitting in the quiet of your room or whatever, or lying on your bed at night, all of a sudden a negative thought has that way of creeping in. All of us are subject to it. So starting with verse number 24, starting with verse number 24, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, 
then do we with patience wait for it. So while you're, you're laying there and that negative thought pops into mind and there's something that you're praying about and hoping for, just understand that the word of God says to you that we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope for what a man sees it. Why doesn't he hope for it if you see it? So in other words, if there's something that you're praying for and you're hoping for, if it's right there in front of you, then why do you have to have hope for it? Because you already have it. It's the thing that you don't see. Verse 25, but if we hope for that we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. So it's the things that are not seen that we have to develop the patience and understanding that God is going to deliver and you wait for it. Likewise, 26, likewise the Spirit also helps our infirmities for we know not what we should, should pray for as we ought but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit. Uh, he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them, for them that love God, for them who are called according to his purpose. If you don't already have that underlined, please underline it. We know that all things work together for good for, for them that love God, to them who are the called according to the purpose. So when that negative thought is coming into mind and everything. It's just creeping in and it's, and it's just, just, just picking at you and pinching at you. You know, one of the first things you can do to replace that thought is to say, well, first thing of all, I know that all things are going to work together for good because I do indeed love God. I may not see the answer yet, but what does it say about we, uh, we are saved by hope? Hope that is seen is not hope. What does a man see when he hopes for? But if we hope for that, we see not. Then we have patience to wait for it. So first of all, you've got to say when that negative thought creeps in, well, first of all, it's going to work together for good because God knows that I love him and I can't see it yet I can't see it yet but I know it's there because I have hope and I have faith that it's going to work out because of the fact that God loves me when you start thinking along those lines then that negative thought has a way of evaporating all of a sudden okay you see the negative thought the way it is the most powerful is because we get that thought into our minds and we start dwelling on it when a Christian's thinking is primarily and predominantly negative anxious or doubtful it's a sign of a serious lack of faith okay because if you're really having those negative thoughts and you're doubting what's going to happen then you've got to start thinking about where is my faith if we go to Hebrews let's go to Hebrews here okay some familiar scriptures you see you know we're going we're gonna to analyze this today and look at these negative thoughts that pop in that many times we don't think we don't think much about the fact that I've got this negative thought and it's here gnawing at me and we don't even realize that we can do something about it Okay? And you say, well, how can I stop a thought? Well, you're going to see today, according to the word of God, that you can indeed do something about that. Amen? And that, uh, and that this negative thought which is plaguing you, you have some authority over it. You can take a hold of it. Okay? So we see here now, we're talking about uh, if you're really having a lot of these negative thoughts, then it could be an indication of a serious lack of faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, old familiar scripture here. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. The now that is written there, and if you underline that now, you see that that now is not just saying, oh, now is the time for so-and-so, or now I'm going to go to the store, or, uh, or now I think I'll get something. That now is saying now faith, which is meaning that that faith means right now. That faith means at the time that that negative thought is going through your mind, 
at the time that negative thought is going through your mind, you need to stop it by remembering now faith. So in, in other words, at the same time I'm having this negative thought, you've got to replace that thought with now faith is the evidence. Now faith. That means that right now I've got to have that faith. And remembering what the other scriptures said, that God said that all things will work together for good for those that love him. So while you've got this negative thought that's coming into your mind, you see, Christians need to think about what you're thinking about. You need to think about what you're thinking about, okay? Many times that negative thought pops in our minds and we don't think about what we're thinking about. In other words, you'll think about the negative thought. You'll dwell on that negative thought, but you won't take the time to say, wait a minute, what am I thinking about? Okay, what am I thinking about? Because you can choose. You can choose to dwell on that negative thought, or you can change what it is that you're thinking. You see, but many times, the thought pops into our minds, and we just, you know, you're washing dishes, or you're doing whatever you're doing, you're doing this and that, and all of a sudden, that negative thought comes into mind. You're going to fail. You're not going to see. That negative thought comes in, and you start dwelling on that negative thought. But you don't say, when that negative thought comes in, you don't say, wait a minute, what am I thinking about? Okay? An intruder comes into your house. You're watching TV. An intruder comes to the house that you don't know, walks in your house and sits down on the couch next to you, you know? And all of a sudden you start saying, oh yeah, Mr. So-and-so, blah, 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 blah. And you start entertaining that intruder. Instead of saying to that intruder, wait a bloody minute, what are you doing here? What are you doing here in the first place? You got no right to be here. But instead, you wind up entertaining the intruder. Well, this is what it is with a negative thought. We wind up entertaining the negative thought instead of saying, instead of thinking about what I'm thinking about, and saying, wait a minute, what are you doing here, negative thought? What are you doing here? Because it's not my will for me to be worrying about this. God doesn't want me torn down and all dejected and, and, and getting stressed over this particular thought because I can choose what I think about. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen? Amen? So then you start saying, oh, wait a minute, though. God said, I should now have faith. I need to have faith right now. And when you start dwelling on what the Word of God is saying, then you don't have time to entertain that negative thought. You see? And the negative thought goes, you see, you see, you see, the devil is so, you've heard me say this a million times, he's so insidious. If the devil was to appear in front of you, you know, you know with, a, with a pitchfork and horns and a pointed red tail and a red suit and stuff like that, you'd recognize, right, oh boy, well this is the devil or something like that. No. The devil doesn't always hit you like that. The devil comes on as a subtle thought. You're going to succeed. You're not going to succeed. You're not going to get that job. You're not going to get that house. You're not going to make that amount of money. This comes in, you know. My Aunt Tilly is sick over here. This and that and this and that. And while you're sitting there just, just doing something nice and enjoyable, all of a sudden this thought comes in. Then all of a sudden you forget about the TV show that you're watching. All of a sudden you're dwelling on that thought. Instead of saying, wait a minute, what am I thinking about? That thought doesn't be here. The Word of God says, now faith. The Word of God also says in, in Hebrews 11, I'm not going to read all of this, going to jump to our... Um, 11, uh, 6, okay? In between there, it talks about Enoch and the others that had faith, Abel, and so on like that. But then verse number 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. Please underline, for he that comes to God must believe that he is. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Okay? Diligently means that you seek him with focus. Alright? So when that negative thought comes into mind, then one of the things that you want to do is you want to replace that thought. Wait a minute now. If you ever stop to think, we're talking about thinking, that if I'm dwelling on this negative thought and it's starting to get to me, then that means that I'm losing faith. 
So then, if I'm losing faith, then that means that, wow, it's impossible for me to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I don't want to sit here on this couch dwelling on that negative thought. I want to please God. So you wind up regrouping here and you get back into your faith mode and that negative thought will wind up getting out of, is getting out of your head because you're going to start focusing on faith in, on faith in God. And it says there, for he, for he that comes to God must believe that he is. Do you really believe that God is who he says he is? And while you're sitting there dwelling on that negative faith, think about the fact that you may be negating the fact that God is who he he says he is. Because if you're worrying about that negative thought, a negative thought isn't going to be anything that's going to be having you praising God. It's going to be about something bad, something nasty, something, something that is not a good thing for your life. So if you're going down that path, then you've got to ask yourself, do I believe that he really is, and that God can do everything that he says he is, and that he, he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him? So that means that when that negative thought comes into mind, what you need to start doing is say, uh-uh, I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I'm here, I'm coming before you right now. Lord God, renew my faith. Give me a supernatural faith for this situation. I trust you, Lord. I know you're there, Lord. And you start confessing and talking along those lines. Okay, all right, all right. All right you know, you heard that old expression about, you know, you can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Amen, amen. Well, guess what? We cannot entertain two thoughts at the same time. We cannot do that. You know, multitasking in the true sense, you know, no, no, no. You, you, only one thought is going to dominate your thinking. Either it's the thought about God being successful in your life or it's going to be this negative confession that's going on. Okay, which is why we got to be so careful. We'll get more to that in a moment. Why we got to be so careful about what we hear around us. And what people are saying out of their mouths. Okay, because a lot of people are, are con- making negative confessions. If you're not careful, that negative confession gets down in your spirit, and then it pops up later on as a negative thought. Okay? So, so again, now we see it those that, for those that diligently seek Him, and that it's impossible to please God without, without faith. Okay? If we go to Proverbs, um, tw- Proverbs 29... You know, we just we take so much for granted. Um, as a matter of fact, there are many that, um, and I know one time in my young Christian life, many things going on. Your kids are little and everything like that, and so many you're juggling so many balls at one time and so forth. You start thinking on a time where everything is going good, everything is joyful. Kids are in school, my job is good, everything is working fine. That actually found myself a couple of times saying in my head, stopping and sitting and thinking, something, I must be missing something. Something must be wrong. Things are going too good. (laughs) Things are going too good. There must be something that's wrong. There must be something wrong, okay? So you get to the point of being so accustomed to having negative thoughts and feeling down and depressed that when things are going good in your life, you think something is wrong because you become so accustomed to the negative thinking, okay? So we've got to get that out of our lives because then again, it all pops into our minds, all right, okay? So we just got through seeing it that without faith it's impossible to please God. So we've got to look at what this thing about fear does because negative thinking is coupled and connected to fear. So 29... 25 okay the fear of man brings a snare whoso puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe the fear of man brings a snare 
But whoso puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Okay? So if you're fearing a man, if you're fearing someone for something that this person cannot or, or do or, or can or cannot do for you, and not only just fear of man, but fear in itself for that matter, it says the fear of man brings a snare. Any kind of a fear is, is a trap. You've got to consider that any kind of fear is a trap, okay? The devil prowls around. He's around your life. He has those demonic forces that are around you. So they, he kind of has an idea of what's happening in your life, okay? So any way that he can get you off your game, get you off of the positive confessions and the positive word of God in your heart, okay, he will try to inset fear because he knows that with fear he can trap you. You may be smart enough to evade, you know, imagine yourself trying to cross this big expanse, you know, a desert field or some field in the forest or whatever, and you're able to avoid all of these other traps that the devil is laying out before you. You're able to spot them and you're able to step over them and sidestep them and so on, and that's all well and good. You're doing good. But the one trap that is so, the devil is so successful at planting is he'll put that, 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 that spirit of fear as a trap right before you. And once you, you, you let, let fear get into your life, once you start thinking, this negative thing in my mind is going to come to pass, what I'm thinking about is indeed going to happen, once that happens, then the fear builds up because the thing that is negative is always attached to fear. There's nothing in your life that you would not want to happen or something that is making you feel negative and worried and depressed. That, 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 that everything that is there is something that... The results of that would be fearful for you because you wouldn't want it to happen. So you don't want this to happen. You know, okay, so that, that's the trap. So the minute you, you let yourself get into that fear, thinking, oh boy, this thing is not going to come to pass. I'm not going to succeed at this. This is not going to happen. Or this bad thing will happen. This will happen. And that's that negative thought. The minute that devolves, not evolves to get better, but devolves into fear, then you step into its trap. You step into his trap because once he gets you embraced and trapped by fear, then he can really start working on you, okay? okay? Because, because fear, fear what, the, what devil, the devil does with fear is that he, he, he builds on it. He builds on it, okay? So whereas, you know, the, um, you, you got a cut on your, on, your, on your toe, let's say, you know, and, and so all of a sudden the fear sets in, and then that cut, which could be just taken care of with some, uh, you know, mercurochrome or whatever they call it these days, that they use on cuts, I can't think of the name of teramex, they're not teramex. Anyway, I won't try to get medical. But anyway, you, you, yeah, you, you put this, put, instead of putting something medicinal on your toe, oh boy, that toe's going to grow into this, that cut. It's going, to, it's going to start getting infected. It's going to get this, it's going to get that, it's going to get that. Next thing you know, you see your toe as big as a basketball, and you think about it having to be lobbed off, and the fear goes to the next level, you see? So that's that trap, okay? Okay, so, so you got to remember that. So the negative thought, if you don't get rid of it, can get into fear, and once you get into fear, then you're trapped, all right? Because what does it say there in, in 25 again? It says that the fear of man brings a snare, but whoso puts his trust in the Lord shall be, shall be safe, okay? So when that cut is on that toe, instead of you falling into fear, then what you do is you sit there and you say, well, Jesus, I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to trust in God because I know that he can heal. He can heal. Okay, by his stripes I am healed. And all of the positive things that are in God's words. All right, so that way you wind up being safe. You see, but that's what negative thinking can do. And the devil puts it, brings it at you in terms of fear. Jesus, when he was in the boat with his, his disciples during a terrible storm, asked them, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Let's go to Matthew. I'm sure you remember, remember these accounts. This account. Let's go to Matthew 8. 
I, I hope I hope you're really I hope you're really getting in and focusing on and focusing on the words here because God said he's going to set you free if God is saying that that means that there's a need to be set free or there will be a need to set free you can take the word of God seriously and get, really get it down in your craw and, 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 and observe and listen to what God is saying here because God does not use his words lightly he does not let words just go forth for the sake of letting them go forth so I say to you today that either there are things in your lives or there will be something in your lives where you're going to need to really, 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 really understand what we're talking about here today. Okay? God doesn't fool around. You know, we're, we're not here to, 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 to have a party. We're not here to just kind of casually listen to a sermon. These words here are life. And I don't know what's going on in everyone's life and don't really care to, but if God says what he says, it's for a reason. And I would just think that really try to really try to grasp what the word of God is saying here to you today because it may it may it may pay off it may pay off late, later on all I know is I've seen in my life when God says certain things in certain ways and times it that is for a reason and and, and we got to be very careful that we don't miss we don't miss you know what's being said so here in Matthew 8 Matthew 8 and verse 26 Matter of fact, let's back up to um, verse 23. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We perished. And he said unto them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Okay? Now, we've all heard this account a dozen times, but really get deep in your spirit what is being said here. He said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? just because the storm arose up around him. Many of us, most of us, maybe all of us here, have never been in a boat where a storm has come up that made us feel so unsafe that we were going to drown. But the things that are in your lives, or could be coming up to be in your life, can feel so devastating and such a whole weight, such a big weight, that you almost feel at times, gee whiz, Lord, I'm drowning. You've heard the old expression, how you doing today? Oh, I'm just treading water, I'm just treading water. We all have things in our lives and hopes and prayers and things that we're dreaming about. Okay? What God is saying here today, O ye of little faith, why are you worrying? If you've got something going in your life that you're really worried about and it feels like it's above your head right now, you have no control over it, and the devil is putting that negative thought of you never being able to fail, or bad things will come to pass, or good things will not come to pass, whatever it might be, let that scripture get in your spirit. Why are ye fearful, O you of little faith? You've got to stop and really think what God is saying. 
If you don't have an issue today, maybe there's going to be an issue tomorrow. I don't know, but God does not use words to be wasted. So what I'm saying is that you need to understand what's really, really being said here. The same way that these guys in that boat were felt so threatened, we can get to a point in our lives that we feel so threatened that we just feel like we're drowning. You've got to remember, without faith it's impossible to please God. Jesus rebuked the wind. Jesus gave us authorities by his word. Jesus, the Lord, gave us promises. We're going to get to more of that in a little bit. All right? But the first thing you've got to get back in your mind and lock it into your mind and your spirit is that when that negative thought pops up, and it will because it does because you're human, you're living in this world, and the devil does not take you any less seriously than, 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 than anyone else. Okay? It takes you very seriously because you are indeed a child of God. That when that time comes for you, if it isn't already here, that you start to remember right away that I'm not going to fall into this snare that the devil has laid for me to start fearing and I'm not going to fall into this trap of losing my faith because I can't please God that way this negative thought this negative confession this thing that's rolling around in my head I got to get it out why are you fearful oh you of little faith those who struggle with negative thinking should do the same thing they would do with any other thing that they wrestle with okay here's a little tidbit for you any other thing that you wrestle with in life that you wrestle with, be it sin or anything else that you wrestle with. Anyone struggling with negative thinking should do the same thing. Confess it. Confess it. Agree with God that negative thinking is wrong because it reveals a lack of trust in God. So what we would do, in other words, is if you're wrestling with this negative thinking thing, you're really having a hard time about it. Okay, I say it again. Think about what you're thinking about. And if you find yourself there, you need to run to God and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, oh Lord God, please forgive me, oh Lord God, because I'm really having trouble with, with trusting you. Forgive me, Lord God. I need to be able to trust you more. All right, you see, and many times we don't think about that. We just entertain the negative thought. Why is this negative thought nagging at me? Why is it coming at me every two minutes? So maybe you need God's help. So go to God and say, Lord God, you know, the same way you would confess a sin or whatever, you would say, God, God, I agree that, that right now I'm having, I'm having a hard time trusting you. I'm wrestling with this negative thought that keeps coming into mind. Forgive me, Lord God, for not trusting in you, Lord God, because I do indeed want to have faith in you. I do have faith in you. So you got to to talk to God about it. You need to make every effort to change the behavior. You see, you see, you got to start. You got to get into your head and into your heart today for this message here. That negative thinking is very much something to be wrestled with and dealt with, as any other part of your spiritual walk with God that you're seeking help with. Okay, if you find yourself being victims to negative, you know, and negative thinking, negative thinking comes. Uh, it comes in seasons, if you will. It'll come in during a time of your life where there's some other weakness. It'll come in your time of life where there's a weakness with a family member. When I say weakness, I mean there's something going on. You know, I mean, there's nothing necessarily after me. There's something going on. You know, it'll come at a time in your life where there's something at work, something at home, something with the kids, something with a relative, a loved one, a friend, or whatever. It'll come in a season when there's something that you're trying to achieve. Okay? Negative thinking will come at the time when God is about to bless you in a tremendous way. Negative thinking will come at a time when God is about to elevate you and promote you and lift you up. And I don't necessarily mean promotion and lifting up in the world, the physical world. It could be promotion and lifting you up spiritually. Moving you from being a spiritual babe where you're drinking on milk, moving you to where you're becoming more mature. Okay, and that's where the negative thought will come in. The devil even come in and plant a negative thought. What makes you think God's going to answer that prayer? 
Why should God answer that prayer? Look at the evidence that is in front of you. Look at what's there before you. Why should God answer that prayer? Oh, it's impossible. It's impossible. Well, then the way to replace that thought is that with God all things are possible. What is that? The word of God. Okay? We've got to think about what it is that we're thinking about. And then go to God. If you're really having trouble and saying, God, help me, help me, Lord God, with this negative thinking. Help me, Lord God, because I know that by me thinking negatively that I'm reinforcing my negative faith. And I want to please you, Lord God. And God will help you. God will bring you to a point that he can, you, you can indeed be helped. Prayer is a key part of overcoming negativity. Jesus taught that prayer should include praise to the Father and focus on his holiness. Okay, and if you, you know, in Matthew 6, 9, well, let's go there real quick since we're in Matthew already. Matthew 6, Matthew 6, 9. Praise the living God. Matthew 6, 9. Okay, and this is where Jesus is uh, um, telling, telling them uh, how they should not pray. Don't be praying like the hypocrites and so on, where they stand on the corners of the streets in the synagogues, you know, praying out loud so they can be seen by men and so forth. But he says there, Matthew 6, 6, says, But thou, when you pray, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions. Let me just go back to six for a minute. You got this negative thinking going on, okay? And at some time, at some point, the first step is you got to realize that you're having negative thoughts. That's why I say you got to think about what you're thinking about. So realize, first of all, that I'm having negative thoughts here, and it's a repetitive thing, okay? A real troublesome negative thought, especially if you aren't, if you aren't skilled yet enough at getting rid of that negative thought. That negative thought is going to hang on, and it's not just going to come, you know, at, at, you know, at 2.27 p.m. and then just disappear after 10 seconds. It's going to come at 2.27, it'll come at 2.28, 29, 30. Okay, just, it'll just keep hitting you. It'll just keep hitting you. You know, you know, you know. You decide, okay, I'm going to go out, I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to go down to the ice cream parlor and get me a nice fudge sundae, blah, 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 blah. And you're enjoying something, you know. And while you're peeling the, the paper off that straw, that negative thought will come back in. Boom! Out of nowhere. Okay? Because the devil is, is relentless. He doesn't give up. He wants to keep you off guard, okay? So you know that this thing is going to be, uh, to be repeated. So when you're at a point like that, where you've got this real heavy-duty negative thought, it's time for you to pray in secret to God. Where you go to God. And the reason, one of the reasons this is, is that it's not because God gets distracted, it's because we get distracted. Okay? If you really get into, and I did a teaching on it so some years back, on the prayer cloth or the prayer stall that the Jewish people have and put it around their heads and whatnot. It's called a talitha. But the reason that they wore those shawls and kept them around their shoulders was that during the time of prayer, they would take that shawl and fold it and put it up over their heads. And that shawl, therefore, would block out their vision on the sides. It was like a portable prayer closet, okay? That was one of the purposes of that shawl. And you'd take this shawl and put it up over your head and it would hang down over your eyes and be over the sides and you'd be blocked off from, from distraction, so it's not that God can be distracted, but we can get distracted. So when you've got this negative thought, and again, that's why I say we've got to think about it as Christians, we've got to think about what we're thinking about, and you recognize this thought that keeps coming back as a recurring negative thought, it's time for you to take this thing to God. 
If God's word that you speak out of your, you speak forth doesn't, doesn't, doesn't destroy that negative thinking, then you've got to go to, to God. And that's why I say to pray, Lord, I'm really wrestling with this negative thought. And go into your prayer closet. Now, we don't all have prayer shawls, but you can certainly get yourself alone. The bathroom, your, your bedroom, someplace where you can pray and without distraction. Okay? So that's what Jesus is telling them. He says, go into your prayer closet. Then he says in verse number 6 there, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy prayer, thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret will reward you openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard, for they're much speaking. We don't need a whole lot of vain repetitions. But, but uh, be not you therefore like unto them, for your father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. Okay? So this negative thought that you're having there, God knows what's generating that negative thought, and God knows what your need is. He knows before you even ask him. He knows. But he says in verse number 9, After this manner, therefore, pray. I'll pray you, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm just going to stop there because the whole point that I want to make there is that we've got to make sure that we are praying to God and that we are praising him. And that we're praising him and that you can focus on God's holiness. Knowing that God is indeed a holy and a powerful God. Amen? Amen. If you go to Psalm... Go to the book of Psalms, Psalm 95. Amen. You've got to realize um, that you can't do this thing by yourself. Okay? You see, now, starting out, starting out, this will require more effort because it takes practice being able to cut out and shut down a negative thought. It takes some practice. But to start the process, not that we should ever think that we don't need to pray to God, but to start the process, if you've got this negative thought, especially a recurring negative thought, you know, you see, and, 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 and the negative thoughts, the negative thoughts can pop up and exist for as long as whatever it is that you're praying for has not materialized or has not been answered or the condition has not gone away. So as long as that thing that you're hoping for, okay, but what is hope for things that are seen is not hope. Okay, we hope for things that are not seen. As long as that hope that is still there, that negative thought has the potential for recurring. All right? Okay? You're praying for a new pair of shoes. You're praying for a new pair of shoes, and boy, and you're walking around in your stocking feet, okay? And as long as you don't have those shoes, that negative thought's going to keep coming back. Oh boy, there's going to be some glass on the street today. There's going to be hot coals on the street today, or whatever it is, you know, in terms of negative thoughts. That's really kind of stretching it a bit, you see. But the thing is that as long as that thing that you're hoping for and praying for hasn't materialized yet, the potential or the possibility of that negative thought coming back is, is very strong, is, is there. So again, you've got to think about what it is that you're thinking about, and then you've got to focus on the holiness of God and His power to deliver you from it. 95, um, verse number 2. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful, make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Okay? So you've got that negative thought that's coming into your mind, and I guarantee you that negative thought cannot be there if all of a sudden you start praising God. 
That thought pops into your head out of nowhere. You just thought, oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I praise you, Lord. I magnify you. I worship you, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I love you. Oh, Lord God, you are, you are the King of kings, Lord of lords. You're Alpha and the Omega. With you, nothing is impossible, Lord. And, 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 and start singing some music. Start singing some, some songs to yourself. You know, you don't have to sound like, you know, like some great vocal talent. To just start singing, you know. If you, if you, if you have a, your, your prayer language, then you pray in tongues, you know, sing in tongues. But start praising God. Start praising Him. You know, darkness cannot occupy where there's light. And I guarantee you that when you start praising God, you're going to bring the light of God into your life. You'll bring the light of God into your thinking. You'll bring the light of God into your heart. And darkness cannot stay there. That negative thought cannot stay there. It is, it is physically impossible. Just as spiritually impossible. Just as, as physically impossible, it is impossible for, for darkness to be where there is light. Okay? You walk into your bathroom. You don't have a window in it. You know, close the door behind you, you see it's pitch black in your bathroom. Click on the light, instantaneously the darkness is gone. Instantaneously. You know, you've heard the old joke about trying to catch the refrigerator light when it comes on. If you can actually catch it when it, when it comes on, you know, how hard that is, all right? Okay, all right, but, but where there is light, there is no darkness. So where you let the light of God shine into your spirit, when that, that negative thought is there, which is darkness, it's going to disappear. It's got to be there. Okay? Okay. The trick is to get into the habit of right away, you know, shifting into that mode where this is what you do. Verse number two again, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful um, noise unto him with, with psalms. You've got this negative thought going to your mind, which many times is something that this is not going to materialize. This is not, this is not, this is not. Think about the many things that God has indeed done for you. Think about the blessings that he did pour out upon you. You ever get a blessing from somewhere that was quite unexpected? Think back on that particular time. Think back into the time when, the, when, when the G was, I remember when the kids were little at every single time. Every single time just before, before my wife went into labor or when she went into labor in those crucial hours where you're walking the floor waiting, hoping and praying that the baby's going to be born okay. And then, boom, at last the baby is with no problems. You know? And I don't know how many times. Countless fathers have probably been there. You sit down and, oh boy, is he going to have ten toes? You know, he's going to have ten fingers. He's going to have two heads, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? You start thinking all sorts of weird things. And, and, and then God blesses you with a beautiful, healthy baby. Think about that. That's the time where God blessed you. You see? You see? Instead of you dwelling on the negative things, think about the times that you ever have a piece of, mail, a piece of money pop up in the mail. You ever get an increase at work unexpectedly? All of a sudden, something happened where you, 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 you're blessed with, you're blessed with additional hours and you're blessed with additional work and things like that you've been praying for. Think about the times that God just blessed you that way. And you were so amazed and so thankful to God when it happens. Think about those things when you've got that negative thought that's trying to dominate your thinking and dominate your life. Okay? We should, we should be praying with thanksgiving. Go to Philippians, the book of Philippians. Oh, praise God. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Okay. You know what I'm telling you? I mean, we all know, I certainly also know how, how demoralizing and how a negative thought can just kind of just chip away and just tear you down. 
you know, to the point where, you know, you just feel like you're carrying a weight on your shoulders. You may get shortness of breath and, and God and everything else. You get a stomach ache. You start feeling your stomach's upset. You just, just kind of feel just totally, you don't want to see people. You don't want to be bothered. You know, you just somebody knock on the door and you hope they go away. <laughs> Close the blinds. You know, you don't want anybody to see that you're home. It can really be negative thinking. can just really, really bring. You heard the, you heard the uh, statistic, you know, was it 40 million Americans suffer with depression? Depression starts with a negative thought. That's where it all starts, a negative thought that we just entertain, entertain, entertain. Okay, Philippians 4, verse number 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Underline that, please. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. So that means even when that negative thought comes in, if you can remember to think about what I'm thinking about, and that negative thought's coming in, start rejoicing to the Lord. Start rejoicing. You know, what do I have to rejoice for? Well, that's the whole point. You've got a lot to rejoice for. You're breathing. You've got a roof over your head. You've got life. Your heart is beating. Think about the things that God gave you. Rejoice in the Lord always. But once you start rejoicing and singing to God, you'd be surprised how quickly you start, things will start uh, uh, moving away off that negative thought. Verse number five says, Let your moderation or your conversation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Underline all of verse number six here. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Okay, don't carry your cares for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Okay, take it to the Lord in prayer. Let your request be known unto God. Verse number seven. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, so keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Underline or highlight all of verse number seven. So if you're doing everything in number six, there in five and four for that matter if you're doing all of those things verse number seven says and the peace of God which passes all understanding so that means that peace of God that you have it, it passes understanding not to you but it passes understanding to those that don't know the Lord perhaps okay it, it'd be like how can you be so so joyful how can you be so relaxed how can you be so you know so merry with all that's going on around you with all that's going on in your life because it passes understanding you see because they don't understand that once I learn and realize that, oh, okay, here I am again. I got this negative thought and I'm dwelling on it. Okay, I'm going to get rid of this negative thought because God loves me. God can do all things. Nothing is impossible for God. And you start thinking about all of that and you're going to the Lord and you're praying, Lord, you know the situation, etc., etc. Lord, I give it to you. I give it to you. Then all of a sudden you get this peace. Okay? People don't understand that. Okay? As a matter of fact, you may not understand it. All right? But what you don't want to do is when this peace comes upon you, you accept it and you receive it and say, Lord, I thank you for the peace. Don't do what I was talking about a minute ago, a little while ago, where that all of a sudden I've got this peace. Oh, gee, Lord, why am I at peace? Gee, I feel too good. I'm too happy. You've got this peace and you're wondering why you have this peace. Okay? You have this peace because God loves you. You have this peace because God honors the fact that you decided to take this thing off your back and give it to him. And God's going to take it. The minute you offer something to God like that, God will take it. He'll take it. All right? And then you'll have that peace which, don't try to reason it, don't try to rationalize it, don't try to understand it. Just understand, Lord, thank you for your peace. I love it. I'll take it. I'll receive it. And then when that thought comes back, because the devil will try to make that negative thought come back because he wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your joy. 
The devil doesn't want to see you happy. He doesn't want to see you see you relaxed and enjoying and enjoying life. Okay? Leave no room for negative thoughts. In Matthew 7, going back to Matthew, got a few more scriptures here. Matthew 7, praise the living God. This could be a life-changing time for you. Because negative thinking is something that we as Christians don't really think about. We don't realize that the devil is playing negative thoughts because he's trying to get us in that old, old fear trap. To trap us into that snare called fear. Matthew 7. Okay. Think about what you're thinking about. God gave us all these wonderful scriptures, but when that negative thought comes in, we just so quickly forget about, we forget about the, uh, um, the scriptures, the words that he's given us. Matthew 7, verse number 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks, receives. And he that seeks, finds. To him that knocks, it shall be opened. Okay? Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be answered unto you. How many of us really knock? Okay? When you've got that negative thought, remember these scriptures. Okay? Everyone that asks, receives. And he that seeks, finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. So that negative thought, which is confessing something bad happening or something good not happening, remember that. You say, Lord, I'm knocking at that door. I'm seeking. I want to find you, Lord. And the word of God here is promising that the door indeed shall be open. And then verse number 9 continues, which makes this a little easier for us to remember even. Or, what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? All right? All right not one of us would deny giving something that a loved one or you know someone that is asking for a child or someone that is in need would you deny doing that so if we're thinking along along those lines then how much more would God give us God is God God is God if you then being evil know how how to give good gifts unto your children how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him you see many times we don't have because we don't ask Okay? Therefore, all things whatsoever you, should, you would that men should do to you, do you even to them, for this is the law and, and, and of the prophets. All right? But the main uh, verses here are in verse number uh, 11 there. You know, if we do that, how much more will God the Father do? So that when that negative thought pops into your mind, think about what you're thinking and say, wait a minute now. I would certainly do this for so-and-so. I would certainly do that for so-and-so. God being God who loves me, don't I think that he's going to be able to do that for me? You see? But instead, what do we do? Almost instinctively, we dwell on that negative thought. We dwell on it, okay? And we're all human, so we all, all of us oftentimes fall into that. Daily Bible reading, particularly studies which focus on the promises of God, are of a great help in overcoming negative thinking. God's promises are something he always keeps. Psalm 89.34 says, My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. 
The Bible is filled with hundreds of God's promises. You can find them in a good concordance or an online Bible website. Okay, now that's something I really encourage you to do too. If you don't have a Bible at home that has, uh, that has our, um, all the promises of God, or if you don't have that book, there's actually several good books out there called All of the Promises of God. Then there are with, the, with the internet today, with the website, you can certainly find a website that's got all... Just type in the promises of God and you'll get any number of good websites that have them. Just make sure that, you know, do some spot checking. And whenever 